Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by these great companies that are giving us money to let you listen to their stuff. Bullshit, Kyle. We make this show. We make this show. You and me. Tubals in a China Shop is brought to you by us. <laughs> Someone's got to pay the bills, Dan, because it's not our trading. <laughs> <laughs> All right, roll them. You are listening to an entertainment program put together by a company called Financial Ineptitude. Anything said on this show is not an endorsement or professional advice. Would you really want to tell a court of law you were suing us because you thought taking financial advice from two idiots on a podcast put out by Financial Ineptitude was a good idea? Really? Clown hats on your face. Well, hello and welcome, everyone. Welcome to the China Shop. You made it, and we're so glad you did. I'm Shopkeeper Dan. With me, as always, is Kyle, creator of FinancialNeptitude.com, FinancialNeptitude.com. Kyle, how are you doing? It is a mouthful, isn't it? Uh, I'm doing good. Thank <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> you, sir, are a mouthful. I should have picked a better company name. <laughs> No, it's perfect. It really sums up uh, my own personal life experience. <laughs> I can't even say what we are. <laughs> That's how bad it is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Another another exciting week over. Yes. Um, I, I think everybody should be pleased if you're a bull in the China shop. <laughs> What's that? I didn't say anything. Oh. I was waiting for my cue for the, the shop news. <laughs> into the shop with us today folks sit back relax rage against that hedge machine we'd love to welcome any new listeners just joining us we're here smashing our way through a complete set of fine china sharing those ever-growing strategies maximizing gains cutting losses if you are new to the shop and stock trading in general go ahead and pause this episode go check out our knowledge and resource centers on financialineptitude.com or give one of our many beginning trading episodes a listen. We'll have all those links in the episode description. But the best place to be is come on over to our Discord server. We get on there just about every day. It's a really awesome place full of wonderful, wonderful people just like you and me. It's totally free. Uh, no paid tiers or special actress or special access areas because fuck that shite. Or actresses. Or, or there's no special actresses on there. Yeah, pretending to be investors. <laughs> <laughs> or, or offering you booby pics for money. Uh, that's just me. That's just Kyle. <laughs> Kyle will offer you feet pics. Be careful. Oh, no. Don't, don't start that. <laughs> God damn. Never live that one down. Oh, no. Well, because you got, you got sexy feet, man. I'm, I'm not I, afraid to say it. I'm just glad I didn't let my wife paint them. <laughs> Oh, next time, next time. It's good to know I have a backup plan. That's all I can say. Right. The podcast <laughs> falls apart. Yeah. You got an OnlyFans already set up for you. Yeah. Uh, when you do join that Discord server, send Kyle a private message with your mailing address so we can send you some smash it yourself swag straight from the shop. And if you've already gotten your free swag and you need more, you can actually go shop at the shop shop. Yes, you can. We have smashable stuff and terrible stuff. And by terrible, I mean it's tear. You can tear it, not it's bad. You can rip and tear it. Yes, yes. We're also not good at marketing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. It's true. Oh, we're just really, really glad everybody made it. You're all here. We have a lot of fun. It's better with friends. And that's, that's, uh, that's, what, it, that's, that's what we fostered here. It's just a great community of friends talking about mm -hmm. trading, trying to learn and grow. And helping each other. And helping each other, yeah. It's really special stuff. Uh, speaking of special stuff, Kyle, any show news to report? Well, I remember uh, Joe Sakala for Dream Exchange Part 2. Yes. Uh, that has been pushed back. We will be following up them again sometime in September. But we did talk to Joel Saul Sihai. Yes. Co-host of Stacking Benjamins. That was a fun episode. Oh, my God. So fun. So fun. That one will be coming out uh, this upcoming Wednesday. Uh, and then rounding out the August recording schedule, we have CC Lagatter, Shlomo Frund, Phil Muscatello, and Andrew Conway. Sorry, Andrew Conroy, or better known as Wasquatch. What? I can never say this. Wasatch Squatch on Twitter. Wasatch Squatch? <laughs> Wasatch Squatch. Yeah, it's like Sasquatch, but like the first letter and the last half are like flip-flopped. It's really, mm, it's mm. a real tongue twister. Okay. Wasatch Squatch. We're going to get the, the Wasatch Squatch here on the show. Yes. Yes, we are. Excellent. Excellent. And if anybody's got questions or want to check out that schedule, that there's a channel in their Discord that, uh, that has the recording schedule in there, which I need to update. 
and you can post questions in there for anybody that we got coming up. Fantastic. But in the meantime, we have got a jumpy, juicy, jubilant show for you today. Those are all things on clothing, aren't they? Are they? I don't know about jumpy. Juicy, I know, is on sweatpants a lot. Sexy butts. (laughs) Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. <laughs> That's the show we're running today. That's the kind of show we're running, thinking about butts. Butts, butts, butts. We got lots of market moving news, plenty of stocks on the radar, and more options than boxes of classified materials recovered by the feds. No politics. None. That's. <laughs> That's- that's not political. That's just a crime, Kyle. No, that's a fact. There's, there's, that's just a fact that a crime has been committed. That's not political. Uh, oh. Man, that's crazy. Oh, hey, you know what they killed the Rosenbergs for in the 50s? I know. Woo. Jesus. This reality show that is America is getting pretty interesting. Uh, grab a beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, way ahead of you. <laughs> if you. Reach out to us, folks. We love your messages and comments on Twitter and Facebook, even if you, you're just trying to tell us that uh, that is political. It isn't political. We don't care. Just, just let us know how you feel. Uh, we, we love them on the Discord. Got the link to that in the episode description. If you're old school, you can send us an email to twobulls at financialineptitude.com. That's the number two, uh, bulls. Or you can even give us a really old school phone call at 725-22-BULLS. That's 725-222-8557. Maybe you got a hot stock tip. Maybe you want to tell us about a great trade you just made, or maybe you're just a simple cook on a sailing vessel trying to live your life, and some incompetent leadership forces you to seize control of the vessel and save the day. It doesn't matter. <laughs> we just love it when you reach out. Uh, it sounds like a Steven Seagal movie. Is that Under Siege? No, that's Treasure Island. Wait. Oh. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you just blow Whoa. my mind? Whoa. Whoa. Is Under Siege a loose remake of... Treasure, Treasure Island? Island and Steven Seagal is Long John Silver. Uh, I have to ask the internet that Damn. question real quick. Okay. All right. Please hold. Who's who's young Jim? <laughs> <laughs> is that uh, is that Erica Laniac, the stripper in the cake? Uh, okay, that's <laughs> apparently not on here. Uh, there is a sequel to Treasure Island, but it was Dead Man's Chest, not uh, <laughs> not Under Siege. Okay. All right. Well, then it seems we're the first to get there and crack the conspiracy that the writers of Under Siege have ripped off Robert Louis Stevenson. Yes. But apparently, mm-hmm. Silver did become a cyborg. <laughs> On Treasure Planet, maybe. <laughs> I don't know where that was. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, where did we go? What happened? <laughs> I, I heard a, a little fly on the wall say that there's a rumor that we, we did get some uh, messages from a user. Uh, yes, Jeremy uh, on Facebook sent us this. Uh, he said that he's a little worried about the Inflation Production Act the Democrats are pushing. Mm-hmm. $700 billion of government spending. He wants to know if that will make inflation worse. Pumping more printed money into the economy uh, doesn't seem like a good thing. Uh, this also includes massive tax hike and $80 billion for the IRS, uh, which is supposed to be to hire new agents, likely to audit people. He wants to know what we think. Uh, he thinks that this is going to tank the economy even more. Mm-hmm. Very valid concerns. Oof. Well, let's. I, I think we should start talking about the, the printing money and, and spending it. Yeah, the printing money is different than spending money, right? Yes. Because we print a lot of money, but we don't necessarily put it into circulation. But it's a fucking weird one, right? Like, it seems like it should make things worse, but it's also that money's getting spent on things that are going back into the economy. So that's usually good. Right. Well, I'm trying to remember which guest it was. We did have a guest, yeah. an economist, mentioned that it wasn't the printing of money that caused the inflation. It was more about the perceptions. Uh, was that Eric Mason? No, no, that was before Eric Mason. It was an older guy. Hmm. I, I would have to, <laughs> I'd have to go through the list to, to remember his name. Yeah, uh, we've had a lot of guests. I know, um, <laughs> but I actually found a uh, a chart. That was showing the the M1 money supply of the UK, US, Japan, and Eurozone. Mm -hmm. And we had, you know, the COVID, they they printed so much, so much money here in the US. They did not do that in the UK, Japan, and Eurozone. Yet, UK, Japan, and Eurozone are all experiencing inflation right along with the US. Right. So, I don't know. It's, 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 It's really easy. To, to, to look at it, be like money supply go, goes up, inflation goes up. But uh, the longer we've done this show, the more uh, I've learned that e- economy, 
economics <laughs> is is rarely so simplistic. It's more art than science. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like I want to say voodoo and witchcraft, if only. It feels like voodoo would be easier than... Right. You know, I think looking at how you take the S&P 500 this last quarter, 75% of companies beat their earnings. Mm -hmm. Maybe that has something to do with inflation. Uh, oh, right. Just talking out of my tinfoil hat. Are they inflation adjusted earnings? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, are they making the same amount, but really because inflation is so high that it just looks better? It just looks better. Right, right. Because... <laughs> Because <laughs> they did the guidance <laughs> a few quarters ago. Right. <laughs> right. right. Uh, okay. What about the other points then? Uh, the, the tax hike and then giving more money to the IRS to hire people to go after. Well, it looks like the article he referenced is to go after wealthy tax evaders. That would be great. That's what they say. We'll, we'll see if they, they always do. say. Yeah. You know, the tax hike, and this, this was a much more recent interview we had with the tax guy. Which, mm -hmm. which guy was that? Lance Beline? Yes. With the tax guy, Lance Beline, with that horrible recorded audio. I uh, know. Yeah. That wasn't our fault. Apologies. <laughs> Apologies. It's, it's hard to get through. I, tr I did the best I could. Uh, he made the point that historically taxes are so super low that all we can do is raise them from here. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not surprised at all to, to, to see tax hikes. At, at all. Yeah. I mean, we knew that was coming, especially with, I mean, someone's got to pay for all this money that we've been spending since COVID. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. And with all these tax loopholes, maybe we do need more IRS agents. The scuttlebutt on the internet is these IRS agents are going to be going after middle class people, but we'll see. They probably are. Yeah, probably. I don't think I fit that anymore, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think that's going to do for the economy? It's tough to say. I feel like the economy is, it's almost like a train. Like you can try and lay in and curve the track ahead, but that momentum is, it's been building for a long time. It's going to go where it's going to go. Mm -hmm. It's my two cents. It's tough, right? That's a really serious question. Why couldn't you ask us like what color shoes we like? Or <laughs> right? What's your favorite ice cream flavor, man? <laughs> Oh man, sorry, Jeremy, but uh, yeah, apparently we don't know as much as we thought. Hold on, let me let me let me try and channel a past guest. So taxes—they're a thing. The government uses them to gain income, right? Everybody loves income. People don't like paying uh, their income to taxes, so people aren't going to like that. Uh, the IRS—that's three initials: IRS. It stands for Internal Revenue Service. Services, goods and services, economics. Good, bad words comparing things. Does that answer your question, Jeremy? That was fantastic. I feel like I've seen that before. <laughs> You've heard that before? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds so familiar. All right. Well, hopefully that answers your question, Jeremy. <laughs> Time to talk about the bet results, Kyle. Okay, let's do that. We decided to short HKD. We came up with that all on our own with no help from anybody. Not even Flary. <laughs> No, uh, it opened the week at $540. It never hit our second ad. Uh, it just kind of decided to fall from there and just keep dropping. Our first take profit at 425 was hit on Monday. Second take profit at 250 hit on Tuesday. Nice. And that takes our total up from $509.64 up to $605.20. Wow. All right. So it's looking like a runaway. Wow. Uh, Random had GMRE. It had the wrong GME. Yeah. That opened the week at 1184, closed at 1222, giving stupid Random $517.65. Yeah. Take that, Random. Right. Eat a dick. A big smelly dick. <laughs> So now, are we gonna are we gonna continue treating the bet like we normally do, or are we just gonna uh, invest in an ETF and and just kick back our feet? That's a good question. We've got we definitely have some stuff to talk about when we get to the bet segment for sure. You know, I like setting records. <laughs> well, I feel like meme stocks are hot. I was thinking that too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let it ride. <laughs> 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 All right, Kyle, we ready to talk about some news? Let's do it. Dow drops deep on moving inflation, COVID frustration, war damnation. We're just bringing you the fucking news. You gotta recognize the game if you don't wanna lose. We're just skipping two bulls trading information. 
Rioters raiding oh. inside a trading. Taxes mm. are raising. Bills mm. on the hill. We got a crypto mill. No, they ain't growing weed. When the Fed speaks today, it's some shit we don't need. Sing it, Dan. Two fools trading information. What? Two fools trading information. I'm inclined to agree. Two fools trading information. That is accurate. Very accurate. What information? All right, Kyle. Uh... What's the big story today? What's the scoop? Well, I think we have competing stories. You have stuff talking about how stocks haven't bottomed. I have something saying that the bulls are cheering uh, the close, saying that the the bear market is over. Whoa. Okay. So, which one? Uh, which one do you want to start with then? Well, you know, I always like to to hear my own voice, so I, I'll go first. Go for it. Big big story on Market Watch headline was "Have stocks bottomed?" Question mark. Not until this. Quote, gorilla in equity markets budges. Oh, they're talking about AMC, right? Yeah, I think so. Talk, yeah, gorilla, not apes, okay? <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, in the article, <laughs> it's, it's, it's placid gorilla. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's a weak gorilla. It's a gorilla, right. but you don't have to fear this gorilla. It's talking about <laughs> household being the prime mover of equity markets. Oh. Uh, directly held stocks for households, which to me translates as retail. Yes, I would agree with that. The, uh, the the story leads off with actually instead of instead of calling it like a chart they call it exhibit 3. Oh, <laughs> oh that sounds fancy. <laughs> so fancy court of law. It lists the four different owners of equity markets as household directly held, household managed, rest of world and corporates. Hmm. I think rest of world is a is a fancy way of saying hedge funds. Probably. Managed would be you know, people, either 401k, uh, financial advisors, like Fidelity, stuff like that. Yeah. And then, and then corporate ownership. So in uh, trillions of dollars is what I believe the, the collectively households own about $38 trillion in equity assets. Oh, wow. Yeah. 5.9 trillion was at, which of which was added over the last two years, according to a tally from Bank of America Global. I would like to see the distribution of that like by household because <laughs> I don't hold that much. <laughs> right. I, I, me, you and me both, sir. Yeah. You and me both. <laughs> it's yeah. So they say us households own roughly 52% of the market. Okay. Damn. That's impressive. When they graph it out on exhibit four, they look at the, th- going back to 1990, they're looking at the three major market plunges since 2000. Mm-hmm. And they're saying equities only bottomed out a few quarters after big selling activity from uh, retail. What this is telling me, uh, what I interpret this as, is that the they're saying the bear market's not over until retail gives up and lets institutions have their money. Yes. That's the way I read it as well. Is it? Okay. Yeah. And since there have been no significant uh, major outflows from retail, mm-hmm. then we're not over. Which also, also to my interpretation of that part of the article is... You better sell. This bear market is from hedge funds and corporations, not households. Households are not selling off. Right. It almost sounds like they're trying to get uh-huh. them to sell off now. Like, you better take it now while it's high. Yeah. that's That was my interpretation. That was my interpretation, mm-hmm. and I tried to tweet about it and get people talking, but nobody, you know, nobody pays attention to what I tweet. Nobody listens to us. Well, then they listen to us on the show, but on Twitter, they, they, nobody. Oh, <laughs> I think I think all my followers are, are apes. So if I'm not talking about AMC making them rich, they don't want to hear it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I think that's half of the show's followers too. <laughs> oh. Well, what is your article saying that uh, we have not bottomed or we have bottomed? Uh, okay, the title of this, it's from Market Watch. It's uh, saying why the bulls are cheering the S&P's close above 4,231. That's funny. And this is all related to Fibonacci retracements. So on Friday, because we closed at 4,280, that finish above the 4,231 means that the large cap benchmark has recovered or retraced more than 50% of its fall from a January 3rd Ooh. record. Finish at 4796. And then they go on to say, this is Jonathan Krinsky, the chief market technician at BTIG, says that since 1950, there has never been a bear market rally that exceeded the 50% retracement and then gone on to make new cycle lows. Okay. 
So if you measure, if you do a Fibonacci retracement for, uh, on the SPY from like 480 down to the low that was set in June at 362, yeah, we've, we've closed well above that 50% retracement. Okay. Now there is another, uh, uh, I mean, this comes with a grain of salt, I guess you can say. So even though we've had that 50% retracement, uh, the previous ones that have had those 50% retracements in 1974, 2004, and 2009 all saw decent shakeouts shortly before or shortly after clearing that threshold. Yeah, I mean, I th- I would assume if we were doing a, a Fibonacci thing, it would be a re- retracement on the bear move, and this would be a primary to short, right? I mean, yeah, that's kind of what uh, it sounds like they're telling us. Well, you know, I heard since retail hasn't sold off yet, that it's not done. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is this, uh, that'd be awesome if retail is like finally to say like, no, you can't have yeah, my shit. Like re- households, the retail says I'm not going to sell, then it's not going to bottom. Right. It's, it's there's yeah. not enough sellers to make it keep going down. Yep. That'd exactly. Yeah. Well, you know, they, they all learned how to buy the dip. Uh, right. <laughs> and hold. Buy and hodl. You can have it when I retire. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that's uh, that is encouraging news for the uh, the prospects of having already put in a bottom, but uh, in the near time, near term, uh, we should be expecting to see some sort of retrace of the retrace uh, here coming up. Yeah. Uh, what else you got yeah. for us, Dan? There are uh, three warning signs about the economy coming out of America's top companies mm. that uh, uh, that don't look good. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I guess that's just, this is the pattern. I'm going to be the bad cop today. You can be the good cop. <laughs> uh, yeah, you'll be the recession cop. I'll be the <laughs> I'll be the new all-time highs in a year guy. Cop. Oh, should should we re, should we re-answer Jeremy's question so I can be more cynical? Uh, <laughs> if you want to. <laughs> oh, the, the world, world is ending. ending. Is that one of the three signs they listed? Uh, let's see. Uh, plague, famine, war. Oh, oh, sorry. Those are the horsemen of the apocalypse. I forgot pestilence. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So, <laughs> God, get my, pull myself together here. The first, the first warning sign, companies are cutting advertising. Like, while they have been seeing such good earnings, like I, I mentioned earlier, 75% of companies in the... Uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, sorry, of the 453 S&P 500 companies that reported their earnings, 75% did better uh, than they were, were expected to do. All right, okay. So despite that, uh, companies are cutting their advertising budgets big time. So like okay. Facebook, uh, sorry, <laughs> Meta, uh, <laughs> they saw their revenue fall for the first time ever. Big deal. Big deal for a growth company. Yeah. Uh, Snap, Snapchat. Uh, they said that they, they've got declining ad sales and brought their stock price down about 75% this year. Mm-hmm. Traditional media outlets like the New York Times is down. Uh, BuzzFeed is saying it's got uh, pressure on its ad business. Roku, in a letter to its investors, said there was a significant slowdown in TV advertising. Mm-hmm. So that's all, that's all really bad. Uh, you know, companies cutting ad growth. Now, I mean, if you ask Eric, Eric Mason, it's worthless money anyway. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I don't, uh, he and I will have to have words about that because I don't believe it. <laughs> I'm, with, I'm with his marketing friend. I wouldn't be craving KFC right now if advertising didn't work. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, like when I binge watch Community and they have those Subway episodes, like I'll find myself driving and be like, maybe I should get a Subway sandwich. Right. <laughs> when I don't eat at Subway regularly whatsoever. Uh, anyway, yeah, anyway. Exactly. Uh, the second, the second horseman of the apocalypse, uh, companies are not only cutting advertising co- costs, but a lot of c- companies have been publicly slashing jobs. Uh, yeah, we've been mm. seeing that, but yet the jobs market keeps looking like they're, we're adding jobs. So I think, I think they were all waiting for those job numbers to come out. And then once those came out, they were like, all right, now we can, now we can lay them off. Uh, Netflix laying people off, Robinhood, Shopify. Mm-hmm. Piton. Piton, uh, General Motors, a lot of, a lot of Bed Bath & Beyond's cutting its capital spending. Yeah, so a lot of the tech sector tech companies not looking good, um, and then uh, spending habits. You know, one of the positives that's been recorded in the economy is that people continue to spend even as inflation's been high. But is that really a good thing? <laughs> uh, uh, companies like Walmart are reporting that what people are buying is changing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I mean, Walmart very, very publicly announced it was cutting its profit outlook for the whole year because of spending right. high prices and spending habits changing. And we'll find out about their earnings in, in, uh, on August 16th. Mm. But uh, the sourcing parts is tough. On, on top of that, sourcing parts is really tough too. So supply chain issues are still around and it's, it's affecting the economic comeback for sure. So still undecided. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we've learned anything about technical analysis, we, news doesn't matter. News doesn't. So do we just believe technical analysis or this mountain of evidence that seems to imply that things are not as rosy as it looks? <laughs> well, you know, here's my, here's my postulate. Uh, here, here's what would be a good word for that stupid brain. Thesis? Here's my thesis, Kyle. My question to you would be, is it possible that the economy can be doing really shitty, but because retail is buying the dip and hodling, that the stock market is doing fine? Yeah, I would say that's possible. I mean, we, we've traditionally looked at it like, obviously, the stock market's going to fall apart in a recession or a depression. I mean, we look at, uh, we're, I think we're, we're almost programmed from the Great Depression. We saw that stock market crash ahead of it. So it's almost like, oh, well, stock market crashes. Then you get a depression. Uh, you know, we got the, the housing bubble in 2008. We go, oh, stock market crashes. Then you get a recession. But what if they're not exactly necessarily have to be correlated? What if people now, they're savvy and they're like, oh, well, I'm not going to dump my retirement. That'd be dumb. You mean we finally taught people. They, they listened. Yes, you and I did it. Yes. Yes. Single-handedly. I'll take it. <laughs> I will take it. <laughs> Oh, hey, hey, this is the last show. We don't, need to, we don't need to do the show anymore, right? Done. We're done? Sorted. Done. Sorted <laughs> out. Market found a fair price. Closed down, closed down the auction. Well, here's the thing, too. If you look at this retrace that we've already had, I mean, it's pretty mm -hmm. deep. Like Points-wise, it's moved about the same as the COVID decline, mm -hmm. uh, just in a much more slowly controlled fashion, which is kind of what I would expect to see in a recession. I'm being honest. It's not a crash, but if you look at the, the 2000 recession, just look at the way the chart looks on that. 2000. Oh, yeah. 2000, 2003, basically in March is when it looks like it put in the bottom or the last mm -hmm. low. So, I mean, that looks pretty similar to what we're doing now. Just uh, much quicker if it is in fact done. Yeah. Yeah. And it could very well be. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. I still feel like the rug's going to get ripped out from under us here soon. Okay. Whether or not we put in a new low is a good question. I, I also have a hard time seeing us not at least revisit the pre-COVID high personally. But We've had four, four solid green weeks. We have. That is true. Really solid green weeks. Oh, I don't know what we're talking about anymore now. <laughs> you got any more news articles, Kyle? <laughs> I don't. Do you? Uh, just uh, we can talk about the stocks. Okay. Let's talk about some stocks. No, it's not time to talk about stocks. Well, you know who's had... Uh, you know who loves Under Siege and Treasure Island? <laughs> we weren't talking about Under Siege and Treasure Island. Oh, not recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know uh, who is there to help you whether the economy is slumping or roaring hot, Kyle? Yes. Do you know? I do. Oh. I do. Two Bulls in a Chata Shop is proud to be affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. <laughs> Trade Pro Academy is an educational platform. No, I'm just kidding. It's the lovely <laughs> Sue Pullen, of course. Two Bulls yes. in a Chata Shop is proudly brought to you by Sue Pullen at Fairway Independent Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender. Sue Pullen is a certified mortgage advisor, focuses on finding the right product for you and your needs. She's got over 20 years experience helping thousands, if not tens of thousands in her heart. Uh, of homeowners, whether it's purchasing, refinancing, or even reverse mortgage, Sue will help. She's licensed in 27 states, so reach out, see what Sue can do for you. Best way to reach her, just give her a call, 520-977-7904, or you can send her an email, S-P-U-L-L-E-N at fairwaymc.com. That's S-Pullen at fairwaymc.com. Fairway Independent Mortgage has an MLS number 2289. Sue Pullen has an MLS number 206048. That email again is S-Pullen at fairwaymc.com, and that phone number is 520 977-7904. And the Trade Pro Academy does want to help people in recessions and whatever the other one is. Whether it be boom or bust. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> Two Pulse in the China Shops proud to be affiliated with Trade Pro Academy. Trade Pro. Trade Pro Academy. Oh, we nailed it. 
term that fucked me up. Pro Academy is an educational platform that offers institutional trader development programs to new and experienced independent traders, which means that you can learn to trade like a big institution. George copied all of their educational materials before he left his big institution and he put it together to give to us. Uh, they have a great staff of highly knowledgeable, successful traders. There's no better place we found to learn all those secrets. You can find them online at tradeproacademy.com or you can use our affiliate link in the episode description. It's a great way to support the show, improve your own knowledge and skills. And in that discord, there is a 10% discount code. Just don't tell George. Yes. yes. Or his institution. Yeah. Don't, don't tell any of them. I don't think he stole it out of the way. <laughs> but he did learn from them. I'm just imagining him at the photocopy, like, what you doing, George? Nothing. <laughs> or or the FBI raiding his office now, looking to see if he's still got <laughs> stuff from BlackRock or whatever it was. <laughs> Sorry, George. Oh. Dude, wait, what's the Canadian version of the of the FBI? Um The Mounties? Circus ducks. No. Circus ducks. <laughs> oh, oh wow. Take that, Canada. I'm just teasing, guys. You know we love you. At least the Mounties are real. Uh, yeah, they are. Circus ducks are real. <laughs> They're not real law enforcement. No. <laughs> oh, another apology next week. You know who uh, is also better than a room full of circus ducks? No, who's that? <laughs> the awesome Flary and Leo and Job from Orderflow Labs, who were kind enough to share their toolkit for trading futures on Sierra Charts, Ninja Trader, and Motive Wave. Uh, they got some amazing custom studies for structure and execution, from buy cell zones to exhaustion absorption detectors, and everybody's favorite reconstructed tape, which I still think is one of the more powerful tools. Oh, I love it. They they got something for everybody, uh, and not only are they constantly tweaking and testing their studies, uh, they offer some of the best support I've ever seen to help people use those tools mm -hmm. uh, and understand those tools. Oh, they don't just uh, say "shut up" and follow my signal. Yes, Kyle. That's, <laughs> oh, not, that's not their thing. Yeah, and interesting, uh, huh? Yeah, uh, so yeah. <laughs> if you're trading futures, you do yourself a favor. Check them out at orderflowlabs.com. All right. All right. Ready for some stocks? Now let's talk about some stocks. Stock time. Now let's talk about stock time. Looking for setups and still not advice. Big moves, fresh news, and earnings. All that we're saying is still not advice. Stop, stop. Take that, lawyers. <laughs> oh, can I start off with this Samsung uh, story from Reuters? Reuters. That's the right way, right? Roy. Yeah, I, I, I've remember it now it's like the roy rogers restaurant roy rogers of reporting yeah. yes roy okay. roy ters because they're <laughs> terse. Oh, smart roy smart. Terse. all right yeah. so south korea's yoon has pardoned samsung's jy lee and the justification for this was to counter a quote economic crisis uh first of all i want to say that didn't they wasn't the south korean leader before him moon I thought so. Okay. Are they just going through the alphabet? Is that like their thing there? You just uh, just change the first letter of the last name? Yes, that is how they do leadership in, in Korea. It's just a rotating basis on, on the last name. Mm -hmm. I completely mm -hmm. missed Noon and Poon. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, they, the, the pardon is largely symbolic because Lee has already been out on parole after serving uh, 18 months in jail for bribery in a scandal that had led to massive protests and brought down then President Park Gun He soon. No, I just made up the soon uh, in 2017. <laughs> but uh, like, so Hoon told people in a briefing that with urgent need to overcome the national economic crisis, we carefully selected economic leaders who lead the national growth engine through active technology investment and job creation to be pardoned. Do you really want to bring back this heir to the founding family of Samsung? But okay, so do you really want the people that you're bringing back to lead your, your economy back in, in, into profitability to be people that are uh, uh, corrupt and <clears throat> already proven that they're uh, not to be trusted? Well, I mean, depends. How much did they pay to play this time? I, I don't know. 
apparently there was another guy who didn't make the cut. Uh, this is Lee Myung Bak. He was expected to be pardoned after the possibility was raised in June, but he was not on the list. I guess if you get arrested for corruption, embezzlement, and bribery, then you don't get to make it. But just bribery is okay. Mm, mm-hmm. Right, because he embezzled the money he was using to bribe, so it's a super crime. But if you're just using money you actually have, well, that's that's funding the economy because you're you're putting it back into the <laughs> putting it back out there. You're not hoarding it, right? <laughs> wow, uh, you know it's it's crazy to to think that the the pam the family is so rich and powerful that they're like it's almost like the economy can't function if they're not on board, right? Well, it almost sounds like uh, yeah, like we we need you guys to spend some of this money you've been stockpiling. Uh, what do you want for that? I said, well, why don't you let my sister out of jail? And they said, okay. Right? Fair, fair enough. Fair enough. It <laughs> seems that if you just get enough money, you live in a different world. You can do whatever you want. Huh. Yes. Huh. <laughs> but, uh, so I think maybe this means that we should keep an eye on Samsung and see if they announce any uh, acquisitions coming up soon. Yeah. Uh, sadly, they're not traded on the U.S. exchanges. Oh, they're not? No, they're traded on the Korean exchanges. Oh, well, fuck me. I thought they were. Otherwise, I would have not picked them. Oh, well, guess do nothing with this information. <laughs> what do you got, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you could trade on the Korean exchange, sure. I have no idea how to do that. Do you? No, we should talk to Harold Vanderland. He would know. There you go. All right. Yeah, we'll get him back and figure out how to make use of this information. Speaking of Asian <laughs> markets, it, it looks like five of the U.S.-listed Chinese state-owned companies uh, who's, uh, who are being audited just voluntarily decided to delist. Oh, get out of our books. We'll just go back home. Yeah. Okay. Which companies are they? Oil giant Sinopec, China Life Insurance, Aluminum Corporation of China, PetroChina, and uh, uh, Sinopec Shanghai Petrochemical. Hmm. They're going to all delist their American depository shares this month. They're they're still going to be on the Hong Kong and the China China exchanges. I still don't understand how China works. It's (laughs) communist, right? Shouldn't everything be state-owned? That's just it. Is our, our... idea of what communism is is kind of outdated the, the common definition used in the Ameri- in america is very outdated right it's it's i mean i i don't pretend to know how they run it over in china but clearly there are private and public companies so there are oligarchs yes uh, <laughs> it, back in may the the sec flagged uh, these five companies and many others uh as being the ones that were not meeting the u.s auditing standards Mm-hmm. The, the the companies didn't didn't mention any of this in their announcements, which you know we've got we got a lot of tension still going on with China. The the you know yeah. they, while while they're still talking to resolve these long running audit disputes, obviously as they go, they're they're pulling out, which is something Harold Vanderlyn said in his interview. Right, he was like, right. they're not going to stay. They're they're not going to stay. Yeah, so. I think he was expecting them to want to go back and start listing on their own exchanges. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is exactly what was just said, right? Yep. If uh, and the the article went on to say that some of their large companies, including Alibaba and JD.com, mm-hmm. they're among they're going to convert to the Hong Kong secondary listings into dual primary listings, okay. uh, which is going to pave the way for them to switch out, and we'll probably get them off of the NYSE someday too. All right. So what happens if you own that stock? Does it just turn into an over-the-counter? Or? Good question. Yeah, it just goes over the counter. Okay, that makes sense. Like, you still own it, but uh, you're going to have to, you can't sell it on the U.S. exchange. And who's going to want it? Less people, probably. Like, Alibaba, are you going to pay dividend on this OTC stock here in the States? It's going to give dividends to your Hong Kong and China exchange investment. Oh, does OTC? Do they? That's another good question. Anything else in the in that? That story worth uh, mentioning? No. Just watch out for any Chinese stocks you might hold because they could be delisted soon. Yes. And they could do it voluntarily. I would be divesting from any Chinese companies, but that's me. Yeah. All right. Uh, last one I had was about Peloton. I kind of alluded to it earlier when you're talking about the job cuts. But mm-hmm. Peloton has uh, also decided to cut 800 jobs, hike their prices, and shut down stores in a sweeping overhaul. Wow. Yeah, so they'll be raising prices for their Bike Plus and Tread machines. They're going to start outsourcing functions such as equipment deliveries and customer service to outside companies, which means that you'll never talk to another human that speaks English as a first language again if you call tech support there. Sweet. That's my favorite. (laughs) You know that's a great way to run a company and build customer relations. 
So this is all in an effort to try to turn the company around. And I got to say, though, uh, looking at the stock reaction to this news, uh, they seem to like it because the stock is up 13% today. Damn. It's still a far cry from where it was. Peloton's up 13% on news that they're downsizing. Yes. <laughs> yes, they are. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, I guess high tide lifts all boats. Well, when you're down 90%, it's like we always say, it can't keep going down forever, can it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, I mean, the, if you look at the stock chart, it kind of looks like a bit of a rounding bottom. Yeah. Uh, the last level I had drawn on my chart was at 1780, and it's still got a ways to go to hit that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe maybe I'll stick this one out a bit. This might just be short covering. Yeah, could be. I, I still like that, uh, that round bottom, though. I do, too. I do, too. Structure's broken. It's starting to set higher highs finally and holding lower lows. Eh, maybe this is a good buy. Could be. I'm not touching it. <laughs> ah, no. No, no, no. Save, save it for a bet pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. You got anything uh, Anything else you want to bring up? Uh, I just briefly, I wanted to mention that according to a survey uh, by the Pew Research Center. It's a PewDiePie's. PewDiePie's Research Center. Um, <laughs> the number of teens using Facebook has completely crashed. Subtly, so apparently on a survey conducted from April 14th to May 4th, 2022, only 2% of teens say they almost constantly use Facebook. Mm-hmm. While 67% said they just don't use it at all. Wow. That is not surprising, though. No. Facebook was our thing. Like, that's a middle age thing. It is now, yeah. How many things did your parents do that you thought were cool and wanted to do, too, mm. as a teenager? Oh, as a teenager? Very, very, very little. Drive, maybe? Well, my mom took some pretty nice anti-anxiety <laughs> meds. Those are pretty sweet. Fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking and drinking was definitely on the list. Not, in the, not together. Not together. Um, <laughs> apparently, YouTube is what... Kids are almost constantly using. It's funny. I find myself on that actually more than anything else these days. Yeah. I think we all know that Facebook has used their algorithms to make it a shitty, terrible place. Mm -hmm. So it's, you're not rewarded for being on it anymore. No. You know, there's, it's not like, oh, I can see what my friends are doing. It's like, oh, I can get yelled at by strangers or yell at strangers. Right. And that's, that's it pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. So fuck you, Zuckerberg. <laughs> Good job. You sucked. You sucked. All right, let's uh, let's talk about some crypto. All right. I got some crypto in my wallet. Hanging out on my Ethereum blockchain. Yeah, I got some crypto in my wallet. Some Doji Sushi Polka Dot NFT. Decentralized, anonymized, fabulous cryptocurrency. All right. What we got for crypto, Kyle? Well, I got a story about BlackRock that's now offering clients spot Bitcoin exposure. Uh, this is coming a week after they just partnered with Coinbase. Oh. So starting Thursday, they're launching a private trust. Uh, what does spot Bitcoin exposure mean? Does that mean spot prices? I don't know. Um, I'm not familiar with that term. I know the spot price of gold, spot Bitcoin exposure. That I don't understand that at all. But anyway, they're offering this uh, to their large institutional clients. Oh. Yes. Okay. The trust is for U.S. institutional clients. I don't know. Well, I, I guess the term institution is kind of, I'm not sure if that means like, BlackRock is like a retirement savings place, right? Right? BlackRock does investing. I thought it was a hedge fund. Uh, maybe they have a that too. Uh, let me hold on. It's an investment management company. They're the world's lar largest asset manager. They have ten okay. trillion dollars in assets under management as of January twenty twenty two. I think they have our four hundred one k offerings and like that kind of stuff. Because mm -hmm. I, I think I remember having one of those accounts some at one point in time in my work history. But I guess okay. So that would mean that uh, that now if your retirement plan is through BlackRock, that I guess you could uh, throw away some of your life savings for retirement into crypto throw away or throw oh, no, i'm gonna invest i'm gonna invest i'm sorry <laughs> at least it's only uh bitcoin it looks like they're not uh, they're not throwing dodgy coin or any of the other uh they're not, they don't have any shit coins in there no skydle or <laughs> uh, pancake swap or 
sushi coins or any of those. <laughs> I knew the thousands of ridiculous coins that have popped up. Right. But yeah, so I guess they they, they partner. What that should be that should be good for crypto though. If uh, if more institutional offerings are available to to help allow people access to that, right? Because you know how many people are how many people out there that maybe want to invest in it but have no idea or or, or um, are discouraged from trying to do it themselves, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, with all the wallets and the cold wallet, hot wallet. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. Even we got those Skytel tokens and I'm like, I want to buy more. And it's it's like a super headache. Yeah. Super headache to get more. How do I do it? I don't know. It's like a seven step process. Yeah. First, I have to buy whatever this one is and then I have to convert it over to this one and then I have to pay gas fees. Yeah, it can be, uh, it can be very... What's the word? Labor intensive. Discouraging. Discouraging. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would definitely call it ins- discouraging. Yeah. Especially if you have no idea about crypto and you just kind of want to dip your toes in it and see what it's all about. Well, now you can dip your retirement toes thanks to BlackRock. Yes, you can. But I still think <laughs> that's good news for crypto in general. That helps legitimize it. Absolutely. And the more it's legitimized, the more it's here to stay. Exactly. Maybe finally they'll define it. <laughs> maybe they'll finally insure it <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> that's all i really had everything else was all uh, uh bad stories and then i feel like we've been a little critical on it lately well it's turning around it looks like i found a bottom so yeah everybody starts buying it now might be richly rewarded we'll see there you go all right should we uh should we draw and okay okay i'm dead oh, oh. well i thought that was you shooting me Oh, no, I shot myself. (laughs) 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 Oh, Kyle, what was your good for the week? Uh, Well, I spent the week uh, when I started, I I told myself I was going to focus on looking for more confirmation on my entries. And that had the added benefit of not only giving me better entries and better trading overall, it also had me taking a lot less trades. Mm. So there's still a lot of work to do in this area, but at least I feel like I'm moving in the right direction after the struggles I was having last month. Right. Good. Good for you. Thank you. That's fucking progress. Yeah. What about you, man? Uh, my good for the week? I, I felt like my whole week overall was just good. I mean, I, I broke, ended up breaking even. I, uh, I, I maybe, maybe threw on a tad more risk than I should have today, but overall, uh, my good, I'd say, was looking, was waiting, mm-hmm. and like, like, like you're saying, waiting uh, for the right entries and not being so gung-ho jumping in. I thought you had a fantastic week this week. Yeah, definitely taking time off, uh, a, a chunk of time off, not like, I'm going to take a couple of days, but like a, taking a couple of weeks away mm-hmm. was really good to be able to come back and, and be like, okay, I don't have to take every trade. Right. I had one trade. I'd say my good, my my best trade this week was uh, almost what George would call too good of a setup. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had a balance box may drawn, and uh, it had come up into the the top of the balance. What was this uh, Monday? It was Monday. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it came up to the top of the balance box. It, it broke underneath, and then came back up in, and was like breaking down. It was just the volume was building on the downside and then when it was coming back up it was like dropping off mm-hmm. in, in, in like a perfect sequence everything was just lining up how you how i want to see it and i was like okay all right all right i'll take the trade all right <laughs> and, and and it worked really solid in fact almost every one of my entries this week i know every one of my entries this week even on my losers it didn't like turn against me right away like they were all very good and that um, means that that other people were finding interest in that area too right Yes, yes, yeah. I wasn't the only one. You know, one of the best things that I think you did this week too was knowing when to walk away, it seemed like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yesterday especially, or I should say Thursday especially, um, it, everything was out of any balance zones that I've been drawing. And I think I took, I think I took uh, one trade based on the overnight high. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and I scratched it. Like I, I think I, I think I made a dollar or two, <laughs> right? And then, and then I was like, you know what? Uh, now that that's done, and I don't have like an overnight, I, I'm just gonna walk away. I'm done trading today. And I did. I just walked away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was it was awesome. I'll let it. I'll let it find some balance. 
then I'll, then I'll go back to trading. Uh, uh, good job, man. Good job. Thank you. Thank you. Long time coming. All of right. course. Of course, now, based on what happened Friday, is it's not going to draw a new balance box because it's already right. up and beyond. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean, we're kind of in an old one too, right? I guess it depends on how far back you want to go. My trading view TPO thing won't go back that far. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so my bad. Yeah. Um, happened today. And mm-hmm. I think I didn't wait long enough to buy back in a weekly call I sold on some of my AMC shares. It was supposed, it was expiring on Friday. I had a plan, and that plan was the, to wait till closer to the close and see because there were so many contracts that were open interest on that strike price that I had that I just had a feeling that the market makers weren't going to let those all expire in the money. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was a significant amount, something like twenty thousand. And lo and behold, look, they did. That's exactly what happened. So, I mean, I could have let something expire worthless, but I really wanted to roll it over into the next week. And we had to go run to the store and do some other stuff. And I wasn't sure I was going to be back in time to make everything happen. Yeah. So that was my bad. What was yours? Uh, My bad was today or Friday. My bad was uh, Friday while trading. Uh, I only had the one entry and I was trading that uh, yes, that the date that Thursday's high would hold Mm -hmm. that the sellers would come out. And uh, I, I bought some puts. And I held them like I was I was holding those puts for like almost 30 minutes and as as it was rotating Mm -hmm. and and the and the volume was really good. And we were actually talking and you were like, well, it's been a lot of volume up here. And and I believe that means the price is getting accepted. And I had a moment where I could have I could have flattened and I would have ended the week up a little bit. And I didn't. And mm-hmm. I knew I should have. And, and I, I don't know why. I was just like, I, I think it was ego. Like, I was stubborn. Like, no, I found this entry and it's going to dump and then I'm going to be gold. I, I still like that trade, though. I mean, if you're going to place, if you're going to pick a spot where it's going to hold, I mean, that would be the spot. It would be the spot. But the longer it sat there and the more the price got accepted, the more I should have known better. Right. That. At the very least, I had uh, multiple contracts on. At the very least, I should have been peeling them off. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, minimize that risk. Because yep. the longer it sat, the riskier it get it got. Mm-hmm. And plus, too, you're dealing with theta, especially on the Fridays. Uh, spe- yeah, especially because it was a lotto Friday. So the, the mere fact that it held value for that long was a, a gift that I did not <laughs> take. <laughs> Good point. All right. Uh, my ugly... Uh, so I was trying to use a platform this week to do something without looking to see if it was even possible. Uh, I found out that Webull does not let you roll options to the next week. You have to do Ooh. it in separate transactions. And that was my whole plan with that weekly call that, uh, in my bad. Yeah. So that's what really, I think led to, uh, the bungling of the handling of that trade. Wow. Uh, yeah. If I want to, if I want to use that account to do some specific options trade, I should probably at least double check and make sure that that's a possibility. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's why I'm calling that one my ugly. I just didn't do my homework. Yeah. And then I was also, I had no idea how to deal with that once I couldn't do what I wanted to do. What was yours? I don't think I, I had an ugly this week. I don't think you did either. I, I had, I just had a, I just had a good week. Yeah. Fucking mm. well done, buddy. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. No. Oh. I mean, it's funny. It's funny because you know I look at I look at the value of my portfolio, and it's like right where it was when it opened Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I did some trading, and uh, I didn't do anything disastrous. So good week. No, no, good, great week, man. You made good trades. You made them at the right places, and you stuck to that plan. And you walked away when you didn't have setups. Like, uh, what, what more can you do? Yeah. What more can I do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Woo. Should we do a bet? Let's make a bet. All right. Let's let's do it. I need it, wanna beat it, gonna win it if I take it from you. I'm filling my positions, quit your bitch and random's gonna lose. Got a chart full of levels and a stop that's not too tight. It's bet, pick a time in the shop, so pick them right. Okay, so are we going to play it safe, Kyle? Uh, fuck that. Fuck that, okay. <laughs> All right. 
what entertaining is where's where the entertainment value in that if we're not having to do something stupid because we blew it all that's very true very true <laughs> we got content to make dan okay all right well then i think we should go long till ray long till ray huh i mean if we're gonna do something risky <laughs> <laughs> is that at a good point or are you trying to blow it <laughs> <laughs> Let's say it, let's throw it. Just say it. Well, the uh, my the other thought is uh, I I don't know if uh, I don't know if there's any specific news, but Rocket Lab. Mm. I I went long some shares, putting together uh, a long term portfolio, and uh, uh, Thursday it was at six dollars, and then under six, and then Friday it jumped up twenty one percent over seven dollars. I'm looking at that chart right now, and I'm just watching the. All these green candles and the volume building and building and building on it. That looks like a fun pick. Yeah, right? It had that super nice rounded bottom and then just like, boom. And it, it was an earnings thing. I didn't even realize that earnings were coming out uh, that mm -hmm. Thursday. <laughs> I just went long. I was just like, oh, okay, I got the money in the account. I'll go long. Uh, the other one I was going to throw in for consideration is just short meta. You know, uh, you know, I hate Meta. I know we do. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, yeah. Looking at the chart, let's short, let's short Meta. All right, and then take profits at let's say middle of that one sixty five and one sixty. I was gonna say one seventy and one sixty. Uh, fill a gap, that little gap there. Yeah. All right, stop loss at one eighty five. Perfect. Perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ha! Let me let me write that down. All right, you ready for random? Yeah. What, what do we got? New York Stock Exchange Consumer Durables, MUSA. Musa? Musa, yes. Mufasa. Okay. Um, oh, that's a nice looking stock chart. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker. Well, at least it's a $300 stock. Yeah, yeah. It's going to yeah. be really hard for that to double. Uh, never say never. I was going to say, well, you know, we just shorted a stock that more than doubled in one in a week. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> oh, God damn it, random. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That random stock's going to drive me to drinking. Well, to be fair, breathing drives me to drinking, so <laughs> <laughs> it's not, not a high bar, but. Anything you want to say about Musa? Uh, charts looking pretty good. Uh, they had a, there looks like they're rising on some incredible earnings from uh, end of July. A couple weeks ago, they had a. 60% surprise on their earnings. Uh, that's nice. Not good for us, but... Yeah. Well, I thought we were going to get a tweezer top on this with the weekly patterns, but uh, there was a week in the middle of that. Mm. Uh, actually, is above that. It broke that high. Fuck. All right, never mind. Good game. Good game. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Looking at the daily, 29th of Ju July and the 12th of August do look like a tweezer. Yeah. Two ninety-five. Volume has dropped significantly after that earnings too, which is another good sign for us. Ah, go either way on this one. Hopefully, it goes down. That's all I can say. All right. Well, there you have it. Kyle and I shorting Meta because fuck Zuckerberg. Fuck Zuckerberg. <laughs> the teenagers ain't using it. Nobody's buying ads. YouTube. Yeah, y YouTube forever. Uh, and then <laughs> randoms uh, long on Musa M U S A Murphy U S A Incorporated, a retail specialty store. Do they sell the Murphy beds? No, no. I, th I don't think Murphy beds are a brand. Uh oh. I did see, there. oh, there is a news article that the uh, executive vice, pre vice president of MUSA sold a bunch of shares. Oh, uh, good. Insider selling is always a good sign for, yes. for the bulls. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll be back at you soon with some uh, little news episodes and uh, some interviews. Really excited about the release of that Stacking Benjamins interview next week. That was mm -hmm. fantastic, fantastic time. Uh, and then uh, we'll be back at you next next week. We'll find out uh, how we did on the bet. Until then, though, got to close up shop. So, Aww. <sighs> yeah, I know. I love it here too. But yeah, I could live here. We're not twenty four seven yet. I don't. I don't have enough speed in my arsenal. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks. Thanks for sticking around to the end. We we certainly have a good time. We hope you did too. As, as always, uh, like, share, subscribe. Tell everybody about us, please. It's a big shop. Since it's digital, there's room for everybody, literally. <laughs> and until next time, happy trades. Goodbye.
Bulls in a China Shop is an entertainment program, and all thoughts and opinions expressed in the show belong to the hosts and not of any company. They are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or on any specific security or investment product. It is only intended to provide entertainment about stocks and the financial industry of trading. If you make trades based on what you hear in this show, you assume all risks for those trades.